0: So Raffaella is a special talent. The young stud continues to show his versatility and ability to succeed in multiple positions as the Red Sox continue to let him develop. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbutt, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. Thank you for making the show your first listen of every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB for a free water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Locked on Red Sox being your first listen of every day is so appreciated by me as I will continue to bring new Red Sox content straight to your feed every day. And who wouldn't want to hear about the stud Sidani Raffaella that the Red Sox have? This kid can play a variety of different positions and has showing that he can really hit. So on today's episode, I'm going to be diving all into the real ability that he has on what the Red Sox could do to elevate his talent even more. I'm also going to be going over Emmanuel Valdez, what I've noticed from him since he got called back up in the last week and giving an update on Alex Verdugo. There was an update on the conversation he had with Heim Bloom on the field for 40 minutes after a game last week. So I'm going to be going into my thoughts on that conversation and what it really indicates for the Red Sox. But we can't, have today's show without talking about sedani raffaella i mean talk about a true talent that can play a lot of different positions for the red sox he's an infielder and an outfielder the red sox have not used him a whole lot i hope that alex cora can play him more moving forward He's been compared to the American League version of Ronald Acuna Jr. in the making. Obviously, very early comparisons because he's only been up in the majors for a mere week. But he deserves all the hype that he's getting as a top prospect within the Red Sox system. He's figuring out how to navigate through and figuring out how to succeed and play his game. At the major league level, one of the things that's so important that's gonna make him stand out among other prospects in the system is the fact that he's both an infielder and an outfielder. So he can really play either position. He's played both for the Red Sox in the time that he's been called up. I've enjoyed watching him make starts in the infield, but also come in, um you know, to fill in in the field, in the outfield when somebody gets pulled from the game. Um, or when he comes in to pinch hit. Um, I'd like to see the Red Sox start him in the outfield more. Um, We haven't really gotten a chance to fully see what he can do defensively as an outfielder, and if Boston really wants to make him into this effective infielder and outfielder defensively, they're going to need to give him more chances on defense to really show what he can do Um, He hasn't been getting to play as much in general as I would have hoped. Um, They obviously want his development process to go as smoothly as possible, but he's not going to be able to develop enough if the Red Sox are continuing to bench him and not start him as much as he should be starting. So I'm very much in the camp of letting Rafaela play in more games. Um, Hitting-wise, he's been very good. Since his call up on August 28th. Um, batting average-wise, he's batting 467 right now. He went three for six in Tuesday night's game against the Tampa Bay Rays. And then on Wednesday, he came in to pinch hit for Willier Abreu and hit a double. So he knows how to approach the plate already, which is great for somebody of his caliber. Um And when you look at his stats, his 467 batting average and on-base percentage stands out to me, but also his 600 slugging percentage. Um, He's getting extra base hits. He's been finding ways to hit about 50% of the time that he's at the plate, which shows that he already has that early confidence that a lot of players need to build up over time. So he's able to approach the plate with very much the mindset of, I want to get a hit and I think I can do it with a lot of the younger players who first come up. It takes a while to really feel that out and find their swing and figure out different major league pitchers to see what's comfortable and what works for them. But for him, he just jumped right into it and he's just looked incredibly comfortable since Um, I'm a huge fan of the way that he's been able to ease between um you know playing in the outfield and playing with the infield smoothly. Um he switches between the two like it's no problem. I think the key for the Red Sox now is gonna be figuring out how to best use him on this team so that he can continue to get the reps that he's so rightfully deserves, while also being able to contribute to the team in the best way possible based on their needs at the time. I question the situation with Abreu. Is Abreu a long-term outfielder for this team? I think he has a ton of talent. Do the Red Sox see him as a piece that they have in the system moving forward? Rafaela can be inserted into his spot. Um, The kid's been an absolute stud, so they'll fit him in somewhere. The question is just Who do they see in this offseason not really being a part of the future for what the Red Sox are aiming for? And does it make more sense for him to play in the infield or the outfield primarily moving forward? I always think he'll play both. I think, like, there's never going to be a time where they're not at least considering him to play both in the outfield and in the middle infield. But It'll be very much on an as-needed basis for one. And I think over time, it'll become clearer which one he should play more of. And the Red Sox will be able to gauge, hey, we feel like the outfield is where we need the most help right now. So he's going to primarily be used as an outfielder that can platoon and also play in the infield. So I'd love to see them get him more reps in the outfield because right now I think it's important For him to really be able to master both so that way when it comes time for them to figure out what his primary position is going to be they can feel more confident doing that know that they've knowing that they've seen him play both positions enough because if the red sox don't play him in the outfield as much as they do in the infield how is the team supposed to gauge Whether the outfield is the right spot for him or not, so I'd like to see Cora just play him in the outfield a bit more, maybe bench Abreu a bit more, and just really see what he can do because this is a top-tier talent that the Red Sox have, and when he's up, you want to be able to maximize his talent as much as possible. Um, So if I'm looking at the Red Sox, I'm saying let's keep getting him into the lineup and let's switch up where he's playing so we can see ability-wise where he makes the most sense for the future. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about Emmanuel Valdez. He was also a player that got called up by the Red Sox recently and since then has been decent. I'm going to be going over what he could work on a little bit more of and what I like about him next. Do you like comfortable clothing? I know for a fact that I do. Bird dogs is the way to go. So funny story with this. I was on vacation with my family a couple weeks ago and my parents love listening to the show. They're everydayers, you know, they always come back, you know, families and parents, they always need to be in support, which I love. And it's cute. They'll always bring up things I talk about on the show. Um, So, you know they heard me mentioning bird dogs on the show and all of a sudden we're on vacation and my dad's just wearing bird dog shorts. And I'm like, Oh dad, those are from bird dogs. And he was like, yeah, I heard you talking about it on locked on Red Sox. And I've been wearing these shorts pretty much every day to work out. And my mom had a pair too and said she loves them. And then I gave some to my boyfriend and he also got more for his birthday. And he loved them also and I just looked at everybody on vacation and I was like wow I didn't know you all were repping and you all love it and my boyfriend who is now my fiance said yeah this is so comfortable I can wear it for a run I can wear it to the gym and that's exactly what he's been doing so you definitely want Bird Dogs attire it's been brutally hot here in the northeast so if you want clothes that can stretch out that make you feel good um, and fit a little bit slimmer through the, thigh, through the thigh, Bird Dogs is the way to go. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. I mean, I tell you, based on personal experience and seeing how my family enjoys it, you definitely won't want to take it off. And Manuel Valdez got a lot of hype coming into the Red Sox. He was acquired from the Astros in 2022 with outfielder Willier Abreu in the Christian Vasquez trade at the trade deadline, and at the time, it was a very emotional. Trade for Red Sox fans because it was hard to see a player who just dedicated so much time to playing in Boston go. And that was the case with Christian Vasquez. He just did so much for the Boston Red Sox in his time here. But ultimately, the Red Sox were getting two top notch prospects out of the deal for a catcher that ended up being a rental for Houston and they ended up winning the World Series with him. So it's okay to say that both teams won the trade and made out with filling areas of need for them at the time. So Emmanuel Valdez is a good infielder. I'd say he can be more of a bat first type of guy. Um, Not the best fielder in the world. He doesn't have a ton of speed. So he's not really able to steal bases as well as some of the other Red Sox young talent. but. He can make hard contact with the ball, which I like. One of the biggest things that I'm concerned about with Valdez is he significantly struggles against left-handed pitching. Um, he needs to figure out a better approach at the plate against lefties. It's kind of the same situation that Jaron Duran is in where he just doesn't hit lefties well at all. So Ref Snyder always hits in his place in the lineup when there's a lefty in. But how are these guys going to get better against the left-handed pitchers if they're not hitting against them more? I've always been a firm believer in let somebody struggle and figure out what's going wrong for them before pulling the plug altogether. Let the person find their footing and figure out what they need to do to grow and improve in certain areas and it's almost like taking the training wheels off. Right. So he's been in the minor league system for a while, um, working his way up within the Astros system, comes to the Red Sox and was still figuring it out in Worcester. He had struggled a bit in Worcester. And then when he got called up, it's literally due to injuries. The Red Sox just had so many injuries to that middle infield this season. So he got his chance maybe a little bit sooner than the Red Sox would have thought. But, I mean, he's athletic, and he definitely has the ability. Um, in terms of his stats, he's batting 252 right now with a 298 on base percentage. That's obviously not bad. He's kind of hung around somewhere in the 200s for the majority of the season in his time that he was called up to the Major League squad. Um, in May, he was actually hitting slightly better. Um, He did hit over 300 when he first was called up. And then I think that a lot has to do with the fact that opposing pitchers weren't used to seeing him. So it took time for them to adjust to what he's good at and what he can hit. And it's hard when you bring up a prospect from AAA and they're able to hit well off the bat because opposing pitchers, are very much familiar with the guys who have been up for a while at the major league level. So I think now more pitchers are starting to figure him out. He does need to get those numbers up against left-handed pitching. Um, but overall, I think there is definitely potential there. I'm not completely sold yet on him as much as I am on Rafaela. I think Rafaela has a vastly better ceiling, but Emmanuel Valdez is a good prospect. Um, you know, he is good to have in the middle infield right now to learn from the likes of Trevor story and Raphael Devers who have been doing it for a lot longer and are experienced players in the Red Sox infield, not saying that Devers defensively is the best role model, but Trevor story certainly is um, defensively. So you want to be surrounded by players who have that experience and endeavors and story are in that category for Boston. And Manuel Valdez is a good prospect. Is he a great prospect? I'm not convinced at the moment. Um, You know, he's come up clutch in a couple big situations for the Red Sox over the last week. Um, But I still see a little inconsistency from him. I'd love to see him improve against lefties. Cause if he can figure things out a little bit against lefties, he could be an absolutely dangerous hitter for Boston. Um, you know, he's trying to really figure out his defense, um, and see if it'll really cut it and work. So is he the future Red Sox second baseman? I don't know. I can't answer that confidently. I think he needs more time Um, here. And my guess is that the Red Sox are going to give that to him. They're going to let him stay up with the major league club and allow him to try and figure that out, at least until they resolve kind of what their future looks like and who they see being a part of that and who they see not being a part of it. Because he obviously deserves a shot. And if it ends up not being with Boston, I definitely think he can excel somewhere. I just think he really has more he needs to figure out from the standpoint of being in the majors i mean he's shown power like he's not going to be a huge home run threat on any given situation we're not talking an aaron judge caliber hitter here when it comes to being a home run threat but he has shown kind of raw power in his bat and he can swing and when he does make contact they can be pretty loud um so he definitely has his strengths um but also has weaknesses, you know, like anybody else. Um, He definitely has knowledge of the strike zone. I think his discipline at the plate has been evident. He's been able to show that he has a good pitch selection in terms of what he should and shouldn't be swinging at. Sometimes it takes the younger players that are less experienced more time to really be able to figure that out. But I think it's a really promising sign that he's been able to navigate that and has been able to really figure out like, Oh, this works for me or this doesn't work for me. And the pitches that he's swinging at, he's not afraid to really go for it and make contact. Um, And he also, you know, isn't seen swinging at pitches way out of the zone constantly. So a lot of promise with him, whether he's a part of the Red Sox future going forward, I don't know yet. I think it's still too soon to say, but whether he is or not, I definitely think he's been a fun player to watch for sure. And I certainly think there's upside there. He's a good prospect. Coming up next, I'm going to be giving an update on Alex Verdugo. He opened up about the 40-minute conversation that he had with Chaim Bloom on the field after a game last week, and there was a lot of speculation about it, but he finally cleared up what some of that speculation was about. Football season is finally here Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit fanduel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I have a friend who's obsessed with sports betting, does it all the time, makes so many picks constantly about whatever's going on that day, whatever the game may be, and he's not afraid to put himself out there and really have these strong parlays going. And he uses FanDuel all the time for his sports betting needs. So if he and the other sports betting experts out there are using FanDuel, I feel pretty confident that they are the right source for sports betting needs. So Alex Verdugo and Haim Bloom were seen on the field after a game last week talking for about 40 minutes after everybody else had cleared off the field and gone into the locker room. and. He was just standing there talking to Bloom, and people were wondering after the fact, what were they talking about? Were they talking about his future, whether he's a part of the Red Sox organization after this season or not? Do the Red Sox feel like he's somebody who can be part of the long-term picture for the organization? And there were all these speculations of people saying Bloom might have been telling him that he's not really a part of this long-term plan that the Red Sox have. So there's a strong chance that they trade him in the off season. So people were thinking they were having that hard conversation. And then there was another group of people who were thinking he was telling him the opposite, that he is part of the Red Sox future plan. So just keep doing what he's doing and contribute in the best way possible to be able to have success with this team moving forward. Or there was a chance that he was talking to him about his attitude and the fact that there have been issues between him and Cora this year in terms of him showing up late or, um, you know, other issues where he wasn't hustling and Cora felt like he had to bench him as a result. So I thought maybe Bloom was addressing that behavior and saying it's unacceptable here and he can't have that behavior. But Alex Verdugo opened up the other day about that conversation. And it turns out it was actually not much at all from what we were all expecting. And I thought that bigger news was going to come out on this. But according to Alex Verdugo, the conversation was really just about life. They were talking about like how life is going, like how their family situations are going, um, what's, you know, going on in their personal lives outside of baseball And I've always respected at a job when a boss takes the time to check in on their employees to see how everybody's doing and really show that they care about that person's life outside of work. Because sometimes in jobs, it can go easily unnoticed if somebody's really struggling with things outside of work. And naturally that could affect their performance at work. So I respect time bloom a lot for taking the time to check in on Verdugo and see how he was doing. But I also wonder what made him do that. Does he regularly go out there and talk to players about what's going on in their lives? And we just don't see it. Like, does he do it behind closed doors in the locker room or maybe go into the dugout and approach a player and ask how he's doing all the time. Haim Bloom, based on what I've seen from him and interviews and just the way he interacts, he seems to genuinely care. Like, he cares about the people in Boston. He cares about the people involved in the Red Sox organization. So that could just be the type of guy he is. Maybe he genuinely meant nothing by it and was just trying to talk to Verdugo and say, hey, you know, how are you feeling? Like, are you doing well? Like, how's life treating you outside of work? Um... And if that's the case, I think that's great. But I also wonder if that is the case, what made it so much different from a conversation he's had with other players to the point where they had to do it on the field where everybody could see them. And so much came out about it. Like what makes this situation different from other situations where Heim Bloom might go up to a player and ask how, Things are going in life. I just find it hard to believe that there isn't something to that. I still feel like Heim Bloom had a specific reason for approaching Verdugo in particular, as the re- the regular season really here is winding down, and we're approaching the off season portion of the campaign. And when you look at what Verdugo's done this season overall, he's strung together, you know, a decent season. Definitely not the best season by any means. I had higher hopes and expectations for him than exactly what he's met this year. And I'm not saying he's been disappointing at all. I actually defended him quite a bit this year. Um, You know, in the first half, he was playing really well and significantly struggled in the second half. And I thought maybe if Bloom, you know, Approached him to ask him how life is going, that it could have been because he struggled in the second half. So he thought, you know, maybe I should make sure everything's okay there because clearly he's been struggling and I wonder what's causing that to happen. So maybe that is it. And, you know, obviously, if that is the case, Verdugo wouldn't go into all of the detail on that. So I'm not trying to read too much into the situation, but it does make you question why Alex Verdugo. And why was the conversation so made public? And why were they standing on the field to do it? Because I feel like it's so easy for Heim Bloom, in his role as president of baseball operations, to go and talk to a player and ask them how they're doing and just reassure them that they're doing a great job at work. But why did it have to be a 40-minute conversation in that case? I I just still find it hard to believe that that's all that was talked about. I feel like there's a piece to the puzzle here that Verdugo is leaving out, probably on purpose, and choosing to not talk about. I don't want to, um, you know, generalize here and make assumptions, but I just feel like there is part of that conversation that isn't being said or talked about at the moment. And I feel like Verdugo just isn't saying it. What is that? We might not ever know. Um, But it still stands to reason for me and raises the question of why Verdugo and is Alex Verdugo going to be a part of this team next year? Those questions still remain answered. And obviously one day we'll get the answers to those questions. But Interesting conversation that was had there, and Alex Verdugo, to me, is leaving something out. With really only about three weeks or so left of the regular season, just buckle up. The Yankees are right on the Red Sox tail. They have a series coming up against them soon, so just keep the faith, as I always tell you. Try to as best as you can. Just keep the faith. Believe, because... The more people believe, the more the team will believe. And Boston fans are the most powerful fans in sports and can really deviate the performance of the team based on the vibes that they're giving. So work with me. Let's all as a collective fan base try to believe as best as we can. Go Red Sox, always keep the faith and I will see you on the flip side.